What is up, guys? And welcome to episode nine of Brewing Up a Conversation. Today, I'm joined by Greg Santisiro, otherwise known as G Diesel. He is the founder and operator of GCO Nutrition. He's a writer, filmmaker, and full-time dad. From Greg's years writing to now very successfully building a brand in a very difficult industry, he has always stayed true to one thing, and that's living life by the GCO. So in this episode, we dive into what that means in Greg's life from different standpoints and how we can apply that to our own life. So without further ado, grab a brew and let's jump in. G Diesel. What's up, my brother? How are you? Oh, I am right now. I'm living the dream. What a surreal That's moment. Wonderful to hear, man. Oh, well, hey, man, like I said, it's uh, it's an honor to be here, brother. And uh, like I said, I, I think you have many more surreal uh, moments to come, uh, but I'm, <laughs> I'm humbled by the honor to be here, man. Yeah, dude, you have been an inspiration for my life and I know many others for the past over two, maybe two decades now, especially with your effect in the industry and what you've done. Um, but give some people the background on yourself. Who's G well, Diesel? Well, yeah, man. Well, first of all, thank you for, for even saying that, man. I, I got, you know, I, I'm neck deep in the process of trying to become a better version of myself every day, build a better brand every day, be a better dad every day, you know, uh, be a better businessman every day. Uh, and there's a thousand, almost a limitless uh, amount of ways that I need to improve. Um, so uh, your kind words uh, humble me. And I and and don't think that I don't use those as inspiration to try to um, live up to that. Um, but uh, so thanks for having me, first of all. Um, yeah. Okay, so ask me that question again. Yeah. So who are you? Uh, like, break right. it down a little bit. I know you're a full-time dad, business yeah. owner, writer, author, filmmaker, and I still got a G-Code Volume 1. Nice, nice, my nice. My go-to. Beautiful. Yeah, man, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm all those things you mentioned. Um, I'm also just a uh, you know, regular dude uh, from Jersey slash Pennsylvania, um, you know, uh, working class kid, um, you know, uh, have kind of a diverse background sort of uh, – you know, educationally and in terms of my influences, um, that brought me to this moment here. Um, I, uh, like you said, uh, founder, operator, GCO Nutrition, uh, we're in our, uh, sixth year in business, um, you know, trying to build this brand. Uh, I worked in the industry, uh, now, you know, including freelance for about 20 years, almost my entire adult life. Um, but I've had other uh, artistic enterprises and endeavors that I've been a part of during that period. Um, and, and yeah, man, just, uh, you know, re regular dude trying to do better every day, man. That's all. <laughs> what a ride. I mean, I remember being in like in high school and waiting for the next diary of a madman to post on the animal pack website. I've never felt more fueled mentally to attack whatever I'm going to do than those articles. What inspired those articles? You know, man, it's funny, right? So uh, a lot of a lot of time, I, I go back and I talk about sort of those those early um, animal years, right? And I, I got the opportunity um, to uh, work trade shows and and write for the animal website um, when I was like, I don't know, twenty two, twenty three years old, and uh, you know, it was like a dream come true because I was getting paid to write and I was getting a supplement allowance every month and I was working <laughs> the tra these trade shows. Um, and at a certain point, um, the, the gentleman who was like, uh, who had given me the gig, um, it was kind of like early in the, the 
sort of concept of blogging. Um, but said, Hey man, uh, would you want to take a crack at a blog? And I'm like, I, 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 I'm like, I feel like I've read a blog, but I don't even know what that is. And what he basically meant was just like sort of short form, uh, little, um, entries, um, that dealt with different topics and basically stuff that was just on my mind. And so it was like largely philosophical and it was mostly just influenced by observations or my day-to-day life and, and, you know, um, what I was going through, what I was experiencing as a, you know, a young man trying to find his way in the world. Um, and, and one of the things that, you know, has, has informed my life to this point and any other time I've decided to try to write something or create something or anything along those lines was the idea that, um, the one thing that you can pretty much rest assured of is that if you feel a certain way, there's somebody else out there who's feeling a similar way and is going through something similar right now. Um, so there's endless opportunities to connect with them. And, and, you know, the one thing that I try to push myself to do in those interactions is, uh, to be authentic. how to live or, um, you know, what they should be doing or, or, uh, you know, giving them some sort of, um, dogma to live by. It's more, here's a real dude. Here's what he's going through. And he's just sharing these experiences and his thoughts and his, you know, perspectives with you. And you do with that as, as, as you will, you know? Yeah. I mean, you created a lot of mantras and anthems, like with the go hard line. Right. I mean, what, what was your favorite one you made? Oh man. You know, I, that's a tough one, man. You're putting me on the spot. I got to think, man. Um, <laughs> Dude, the amount of t-shirts you know, and like yeah, screenshots no. you have of that. Oh man. No, no, that's, that's awesome, man. You know, I, I mean, um, you know, it, it's something that informs G code, but earn the crown is, is mm-hmm. one of them that stuck with me. Um, and, and always sort of the idea that, um, you know, greatness is out there for all of us. Um, but it's not going to come easily, you know, and, and very few of us are just so blessed or gifted that we can, (laughs) we can just stumble into, um, success, you know, and however you define success, man, that's, you know, everybody's definition of success is completely different. When I say success, I don't mean like making lots of money or having fancy cars or anything like that. I mean, like feeling fulfilled, feeling like your, your, your life matters and that you're making a difference. Right. And, and, you know, however you want to define success, finding, finding happiness, finding um, meaning in, in your life every day, right? Very few of us are so gifted, right? Like there's not many LeBrons out there or whatever, but even like, but it's, but it's funny because like even that's a discredit, right? It's a disservice yeah. because the guys who are the absolute best at what they do in whatever field they're in or sport they're in or whatever, there is a lot of hard work behind the scenes that took 
them to get to that point. But you know what I mean, right? So yep. um, the concept of earning the crown is the thought that like uh, on your own terms, you know, we we uh, can be kings or queens of our domain and um, the process to get there is going to be hard and you're going to have to earn that. You're going to have to earn that place. Um, and I'm still fighting to earn it every day in my, in my own life. Um, and I, it holds me accountable, that concept, you know, that that uh, nothing is promised and, and you know, um, nothing is uh, is a given and nothing is owed. And just because you have potential or just because you have skill or just because you have natural talent or gifts doesn't mean that you, you know you're going to end up uh, where you want to be unless you put the work in and then that that's a yeah. reminder every day you can earn the crown you seek but you're gonna have to bleed for it right so what gonna it's back in this shirt. yes man you're gonna <laughs> have to bleed for it you know and that's yeah. and that sounds dark and it sounds uh you know uh sort of you know angry or it's gra- graphic in concept right but just the thought that um whatever your goals and aspirations are especially the more and more sort of difficult and lofty they are the more and more hard work that's not glamorous is going to be involved in that process, right? And a lot more sacrifice and a lot of sleepless nights and a lot of stress and, and a lot of struggle is going to come along that way, um, you know? So it's it's out there to, to, to get. And I tell myself that every morning, right? And every night, yeah. it's out there to get, but it's going to take some 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 hard work and some sacrifice on my part to, to be worthy of it. Awesome. Before we move on, yeah, what's the drink? What's our sip of choice? Oh, okay. All right. Yes. So, um, so mine is a, is a combination of two G code products. I'll show you what I got here. That's what you're asking me, right? Oh, yes. What am I sipping oh, yes. On? All right. What am I sipping on? All right. So, so, uh, it is a combination of life, which is our natural power greens, uh, superfoods, uh, ancient spice, collagen, antioxidant product. Um, and then I also have a scoop of, of juice in mine, which is uh carbohydrate, advanced carbs, creatine, EAAs, electrolytes, all that. So I have a scoop of each in my shaker cup uh the sort of stuff that i feel like we all could use a little bit more of uh, each day in our lives especially you know if you're um if you're pushing yourself physically um but you know funny thing about those products is that like juice is a little bit more of like a specialized performance product for hard training athletes but then like life is a product that i always tell people like uh this is cliched because i've said it so many times at this point right but it's kind of product that like uh the hardest training dude in the world, like whoever you think about your gym or the gym you train in, or, you know, the place you grew up training and whoever that dude is in your mind, the archetype of like the hardest training dude you've ever met in your life. Like that guy could benefit from life, but then like our grandmothers could benefit from life, right? <laughs> yeah. It's the truth, right? It's like the truth. Kids, literally anybody uh, who's alive and functioning in the world would benefit from having more uh, fruits and vegetables and, and antioxidants and all of those things uh, in, in our daily uh, repertoire. Um, more of sure. the stuff that your mom told you to, to eat more of. And, and <laughs> over time, you blew off because you're eating chicken and rice every meal, right? Like that's, <laughs> yep. that's, uh, that's why life exists. And, and it's a product that we're really proud of and I think could, could help a lot of people. And, and, you know, we're doing what we can to try to get it out there and help it reach more people. Awesome. Yeah, I've got yeah. the same thing. Citrus Sunshine. That's the yes. best flavor, dude. It is good, um, man. It is good. It's it's that's my personal favorite, also. So, I do a little weird. I've got it mixed into black raspberry Lacroix. That's okay. It's I like uh, it. no, I like it normal, and then I I yeah. love fizz. I, I love yeah, some carbonation, and this is dude. This is a cocktail. I love it, man. You don't have to explain like. That's so what we do, like, um, oh, yeah. everybody in my circle, and you probably know, right? But, like, the thought of, like, mixing 
drinks <laughs> with other yeah. drinks and it's part of the reason the brain exists in the first place is like our pre preoccupation with flavors and beverages and all that kind of stuff um like i've always been into drinks and uh, you know having like uh whatever kind of cool diet soda or crystal light or snapple or whatever the hell the thing is like yeah. i love all that stuff so um like that's a perfect example my uh my daughter uh penelope beans is a, a standout athlete and she's uh like in her fourth she's only in second grade but she's like in her fourth fifth season of flag football and her coach on game day she brings a shaker cup and it's like a combination of like vice with like <laughs> diet mountain dew or something like that and <laughs> every day awesome. and she's like oh we got to make coach dan a new drink and i'm like all right so it's like <laughs> let's see what we have and we mix up some kind of crazy cocktail so like that's like baked into the brand into like our daily lives so so i dig that's that man cool. i dig that you're experimenting with mixing you know oh, yeah. uh, our, our our products with soda or you know seltzer water or whatever it's cool yeah i uh i leave a container of this at my desk at work and it's unbelievable awesome. just the amount of questions and like everyone wants to try it. And when sure. everyone tries it, they're like, yeah. oh, that tastes good. Like yeah. this doesn't taste like X, Y, Z other yeah. green product. I mean, this is, sure. you went hard on this. Oh uh, man, I, I love you. I love to hear that, man. You know, um, with life and just with our products in general, we, we take flavoring seriously. Like I said, partially because we've just always been into flavors and drinks and that sort of stuff. But also because, um, you know, I, when I first started training, you know, I lived through the era of where a lot of stuff didn't taste great. And then also, you know, um, I think about just myself personally as a consumer, right? And um, even though I, I'm the type who would choke stuff down if I thought it would bring me closer to, to my goals or whatever, right? At the same time, um, I think it's so much easier for people to stick with something and um, to uh, stay with it for a long period of time and to continue to come back to it if they're actually looking forward to drinking it, right? Like yeah. what a difference that makes. And like, a, you know, greens products have reputations to being earthy. I joke around and say like, tastes like like the undercarriage of your lawnmower, <laughs> right? Like that's what people think, right? Mm -hmm. So if you can make something that has lively flavor and, and um, actually tastes good and that, that even they could look forward to drinking uh, over the course of the day or, or like use a greens product and think, wow, this is delicious. Like that's a big deal. Yeah. So um, we, we take pride in what it tastes like and, and I'm glad you like it, man. And I, I think it does. I think it often surprises people that it actually tastes good, you know? Came a long way from mixing orange juice, vanilla, protein powder, and fruit punch super pump 250 when I was starting out, dude. There back you in go. The day, that was a. <laughs> that doesn't sound too bad, though. That doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> it's not too bad. Um, yeah. Well, so walk me through life a little bit, starting from okay. as early on as you want. But I know you started lifting, I think, when I was born in '94. So okay, that that's yeah. uh that's why I've always Crazy. remembered that, right? Greg yeah. picked up the weights when he was or however old you were 94 yeah. walk me through life since then yeah man you know so um right yeah right around 94 i would say something somewhere around that time you know i um probably right when i was like you know third fourth fifth grade i really just fell in love with sports in general right and in the process of doing that it's it's a different world than it is now right where like you know, I mentioned my daughter, um, who's in second grade, like she's in second grade and she already has like all of these opportunities to like go to clinics and go to these training, little training sessions and all this stuff going on, all this coaching and there's year round, just opportunities and little mini camps and all this stuff for her to improve her game. And she's, you know, eight 
And I and I look back at when I first fell in love with with sports, and there was so few options in that way. Mm-hmm. And and like so much of it came down to like what I was willing to do myself, right? And stuff that I would do on my own, you know, by myself, and and my own version of training. And that you know yeah. goes back to when I was probably, um, you know. 11 or 12 years old. Right. Um, and so then, um, it, that over time evolved to like wanting to more seriously incorporate weight training into, um, my regimen. And when I was about 15 or 16, I talked my mom into buying me like a cement filled plastic weight set, uh, that, you know, the whole thing was like 110 pound set or maybe, (laughs) you know, something like that. And I had a few other like plates and stuff that I'd like bartered or borrowed or whatever for um and i put together this like little makeshift bench um in my in my bedroom you know my high school bedroom when i was like freshman sophomore um and i had this little set of dumbbells and i had you know maybe 130 pounds of weights and i would go there every opportunity i had and i would do my little workouts right and i formulated these workouts and i um got some and you know the initial impulse was like to be better at sports or to like look better in my basketball jersey like they're you know they're very simple <laughs> yeah. things right it wasn't like you know there wasn't much to it beyond that like oh i want to be better so this is training and training makes you better so this is what i'm gonna do and that just was how i was always wired um so yeah so around 16 uh i was working out of my bedroom all the time and then that summer uh, my mom got me my first gym membership and it was like a six week gym membership to the Brigantine fitness center in, in Brigantine, New Jersey, right outside of Atlantic city. Um, and, uh, you know, from that point forward, I kind of just fell in love with, with the, with the iron. And, uh, I got, uh, a little later that year, I talked the owner into giving me a job at the gym and my, like my senior year of high school, I worked, imagine this senior, uh, senior year of high school, I worked four forty five in the morning. Before, before, um, before on Wednesdays, before homeroom, I worked 445 in the morning, like till 7am or something at the gym. And then I worked Sunday mornings at 6am, right? All all through my senior year of high school. And that was just because I was so determined to have a job at the gym. Um, and then like on and off through college and, um, you know, uh, any, basically throughout the entire time that I lived in South Jersey, uh, before moving to Pennsylvania, when I was like 27, I somehow had a shift at that gym <laughs> at some point, you know, uh, every couple of weeks or every month for, for like 10 years. Um, hmm. and, and so much of the foundation of everything that I do and everything that I am now and our brand and all that stuff is, is rooted in those, those early formative years, you know, falling in love with training and sort of building a culture at the gym of all my friends training with me. And, um, you know, those are, those are the early formative moments. And it was throughout that process that I got first got my foot in the door with animal and, um, myself and, and my associate Mark Bernardi, who, who's the, uh, director of operations for G code to this day, He's my friend since like seventh grade. And, um, that's awesome. He and I, uh, wrote multiple scripts together and we, um, he and I kind of by default started the video program at, at animal universal, which like did the the original DVD series with Frank McGrath, if you remember those and all that, like that oh, yeah. was all stuff that that was all stuff that we shot and directed and edited. Um, and uh, yeah, so then you know that stuff. I, I I worked at Universal and Animal for eleven years, and um, in the process of that, we we launched the Go Hard brand. Myself and Tra- uh, Travis Dirt Malone launched the uh, the Go Hard brand, um, and then that sort of led to opportunities that that allowed us to start G Code, and and we're neck deep in that now. Um, 
but yeah, man, I mean, that's, that's, that's like in terms of like the iron and all that sort of stuff and, and how it relates to, to um, my current career and where I stand and, and, and all that stuff right now, that's kind of that timeline. Uh, just a lot, a lot of, a lot of years of, of lifting and thinking about training and obsessing over supplements and nutrition and everything related to the culture, just like a, you know, a, a love story of my entire adult life with, with, with the iron, you know, and that going back to workouts in my bedroom when I was a kid. What about it made you obsess over it about the weights? You know, man, uh, the self-actualization of it all is the thing that always appealed so much to me. You know, I remember conversations with my dad when I was a kid and it was, and like, it was about sports and, and that sort of stuff. And I just applied it to everything in my life, but you know, he got across to me, he was a great motivator of mine. Um, and he got it across to me basically like, Hey man, I believe in you and you can pretty much do anything that you put your mind to in this world, but how bad do you want it? Right. And, and that stuck with me like, Oh, that's great, man. Oh yeah. That's what you want to do. Awesome. All right. So now what? Right. And it's like, okay. Like, like we're talking about earning the crown. Right. So the thing that I think appealed with me appealed to me so much about the weight training was that you get out of it what you put into it, and it was only up to me. Like I didn't have to depend on anybody else really, right? And it was about this sort of internal process and this um, internal investment, and what can I get out of um, you know these daily workouts and this like incremental progress. You know, I, I've seen it written about um, the. Uh, the aggregation of marginal gains, right? The concept of like slowly adding to something, right? And over time, it it seems like nothing day to day, but over time, it adds up to something to something really substantial. So, like, I think the thing that made me fall in love with it the most was just the idea that if I stick with this thing and I do it on a regular basis, I'm going to get better at it, and I'm going to get a lot out of it. And like, I just apply that sort of basic philosophy to, to everything, you know, and, uh, and that was the real thing that appealed to me about it is that like, all right, this is your own personal challenge. And um, it's going to do as much for you as you're willing to invest in it. And um, hmm. are you going to be consistent with it? And, and uh, no one and the other thing too, right, is like, let's be honest, right? A lot of this stuff that we're talking about, like, nobody else really gives a shit if you do it or not, right? Like, yep. it's on you. It's on you, buddy, if you really want to do this. And uh, and so the only one who's making you go to the gym or do these things is you. And if you don't do it, nobody else really gives a shit, right? So it's like um, that that sort of accountability to myself was something that always spoke to me. You know, uh, yeah. the, holding myself accountable, making myself do this thing, sticking to this regimen, sticking to this program um, on a daily basis. Uh because I want to do it and because I'm challenging myself to do it and, you know, regardless of what anybody else thinks. Well, you keep what you kill, right? Whatever work sure. you put in, you carry around that with you. Like sure. you're the artist of that. And I think that's sure. a beautiful thing as yeah. well as laying the framework for life, the discipline, sure. the yeah. Incremental gains. Like you have to got to understand that. And that comes with this. Everyone. I love the man. If I, I don't want to bulk up and get huge. If I work out, I'm like, right. if it was that easy, I, yeah. I wish it was that easy. Right. I would be yeah, huge. You're right. It's going to happen accidentally, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah. that's not how this stuff works. You know, it's not how this stuff works. And, and, you know, like 
I think a lot of us, like I was saying, right, like, oh, oh at first, you know, trained to, like, look better in a jersey or you're trying to be working out. Not not because they do care, but because you think you're going to get girls' attention, right? Or mm-hmm. whatever whatever the, the initial motivation is, that's very superficial, right? Yep. And then maybe that transitions to you're more serious about it. And now it's like, oh, I just want to be as jacked as possible. Or, oh, I just want to be as strong as possible, right? And those that are still, like, sort of these these basic sort of urges that are very superficial, right? And then over time, though, it evolves to the point where now you're doing it for reasons that are almost entirely personal, right? And it's mm-hmm. even though it's it, you still have might have goals that are similar to even those earlier goals where it's because you want to look good or you want to perform high on a high level or you want to compete or, you know, even things like that. At the same time, I think a lot of it's therapeutic. A lot of it is about your own sort of body chemistry and your own daily regimen and and how important it is for you to have this physical outlet on a regular basis, you know? So, and, and, then, and then at a certain point, I know I, for me personally, it's become an intellectual pursuit and it's become a spiritual pursuit, right? Hmm. And when I say that, I just mean that like, um, I know that my mind functions better. I know I'm emotionally in a better place. I know I think more creatively, um, and I know that uh, I'm sort of more at peace when I have that outlet and when I've made those sort of uh, physical efforts on a regular basis. I, I Everything seems to function better inside, you know, mind, mind yeah. body, and soul all seems to kind of um, just, just work better, function better, um, you know, it, it breaks down some, you know, like I, I, our filter gets muddied it just because we're filtering a lot of stuff every day yeah. right we're, we're we're parsing through so much stuff every day and it's like all right how do i clear that filter and how do i um see see the world more clearly and and see myself more clearly and how can i be a better person a better man you know and 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 so much of it i think is sort of keeping that filter clean and that filter um tends to be cleaned uh in a in an efficient and effective way i think by just pushing yourself physically on a regular basis. Now, have you always been this creative, like throughout your whole life? Like with the writing, uh, making, or where did that come yeah, from? Yeah, man. You know, I, I think the, the, the writing just came over time, right? Where you kind of realize that you have like a knack for something, um, just kind of naturally, you know, I, as a kid, like I, um, I think I, you know, my, my folks stressed the importance of like, um, knowledge and learning that was like an important thing in our house like my dad was <clears throat> very much a strong dude and an old school dude and 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 um <clears throat> sort of like a lot of the 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 alpha male archetypes that you would think of um but he was also uh loving and he, he like he would always go out of his way to tell me he loved me and he'd give me a hug he'd give me a hug and those sort of things right like he was a very affectionate man um, for being as tough and strong as he was. And then also he was very smart. He was very, he, he knew a lot. And so there was a value in my house about knowing stuff. Right. And I think in the pursuit of knowledge, you tend to read a lot. And I think reading a lot helps you write better. Just like, um, indirectly, like you're just absorbing yeah. more about the written word, your vocabulary becomes better, right? Sentence structure, storytelling the more you read i think you get a little yeah. bit your understanding whether that whether you ever manifested in actually writing or not is a different story but just your understanding of the, those things becomes better the more you read right so i was reading a lot as a kid 
and I wouldn't say I was writing a lot as a, as a, as a youngster, but there were things that I would do that were just random, like trying to make my own sports magazine when I was like 12. I remember trying to do that at my, my aunt's office. And I had like, you know, you know running uh, copies of like baseball cards and writing these stories and like making a cover of a magazine and stuff. I remember doing that. Um, drawing and coloring was a big thing in my life and painting. Um, you know, uh, there was always, I always laughed, but there was like, I'd go to my grandmother's and my aunt's and there was always like scrap paper. And there was like, there, there was paper there for Greg to like, you know, like Greg go color and draw and, and do that stuff. So I was always drawing superheroes and, you know, uh, and, and wrestlers and, and all that kind of stuff, my old childhood. And, um, yeah. So like artistic expression was always, um, encouraged you know in in my in my growing up and then it just manifests itself whatever way it does as when i was in high school i think i started to realize or you know maybe junior high high school i sort of realized that i was i was good at writing um and you don't think much of it at that point but then you start to see how it can benefit you and you know then then through high school and then into college i got more into watching movies um you know there was like a big independent film boom you know in the in the 90s and 2000s and so I was watching more films and, and then, you know, the, just like the reading that lends itself to a better understanding of storytelling and writing and that sort of stuff. So you just a lot of influences, I think in my formative years, um, yeah. you know, reinforced that, that creative urge, you know? Well, and I think like your wealth of knowledge also pours into other things in life too, outside of just the artistic side. Like you, you've helped me open up my mind to more things like, with just even your comments on Facebook, right? Just sure. your other perspective. Hey, look at it from this perspective. Sure, you sure, know? sure. And, and but you do that in in a loving way, right? In a man, way that you're like is genuine. Yeah, you know, man. Every so often, right? Like I feel that, like you know, you'll be on Facebook, and, and you know, a lot of the time, like I, I'll be there with whatever perspective I have on whatever thing, and I see people comment, and a lot of time you just like you blow it off, and you don't even bother responding to any anything. But then every so often, I would see somebody that I like guy like oh, you or somebody else right <laughs> and i and i and i would think to myself and i would hear their perspective and i would read it and i'd say okay i kind of understand where they're coming from and why they see it like that and then every so often i would respond maybe in a way that was different than what the statement they were making and then i think to myself like here's what i know here's what i know i know that this guy's reading this comment and knows one i'm not coming at him yep. two that i actually like him three they like me and respect me and four, they know I'm not an asshole. That, 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 that's a part of my French, right? But they know that I'm not a jerk, that I'm not a troll, that I'm not trying to elicit a response from them. It's just like, hey, it's your, it's your buddy or your brother or your, your boy who's like, do you ever think of it this way? And then, and then yeah. and so I said, I know that the, a lot, any of the guys that I interact with, they're thinking to themselves, man, I didn't think of it like that. Or man, I disagree with him, but I really like G and I know, I know where he's, I see where he's coming from. And then maybe that little thing alone changes somebody's perspective a little bit. And like, I, yeah. I think to myself like, Oh, that's, that's awesome. And then the other thing too, is that for me to ever respond to somebody's comment about whatever the hell it is, right. Their take, I have to know where they're coming from. So for, in order for me to respond with in whatever way I'm going to and provide my perspective, I kind of have to understand yours. And I think to myself like, man, like what a, what a big deal that is in terms of like how we move forward as a society, right? Is the yeah. thought of like, because one of the biggest blessings that I, I ever had in terms of like my, my parents um, and, and how I was brought up 
and things I'm thankful for, right, is the concept of empathy, right? Like, and empathy always just kind of comes down to the thought of like walking a walking a mile in the next man's shoes, or intellectually putting yourself in the next man's shoes and saying like, okay, here's this thing that I don't quite understand, but let me try to see it from that person's perspective. And now I get it. Yeah. All right. I get it. Like, and, and, and there's almost no, there's almost, except the most extreme ridiculous things, there's almost no reasonable perspective that even if you disagree with, you can't step back from and say, okay, I get why that person sees it that way. And now it makes sense to me. And maybe now I, maybe now instead of being so black and white, I understand the gray a little better. And, yeah. and then I realized maybe my foot's kind of in the gray because of how this topic applies to my life. And yep. I think, man, like if, if we were all able to do that more often, myself included, if we we're all able to do that more often. Like I feel like the human species would be in a, be- a better place. Maybe, you know what I yeah. mean? I mean, we don't have to, that's the thing that people, I think, misunderstand. We don't have to agree sure. on every single thing, right? Of the world not. will be super boring. Of course. Um, but there has to be a, like a foundation of mutual respect. Of course. In order to move forward with, to have these this dialogue with somebody. Um, right. and, and I think it's awesome because, I mean, there's not many, I mean, green light thinking of who I can have a conversation with that doesn't go off the rails can't really think of any other than like whenever right. you send a comment. Right. And it's, it, yeah. And, and I appreciate That's not you good. doing that. That's not good. Like we're better than that. Exactly. You know, exactly, and, and, right? and like, and the other thing too, that I realized too, uh, that in general, we have a lot more in common people, people, human beings have a lot more in common than they do that are at odds or in opposition mm-hmm. to one another. And like, if we, focus more on all the things that we have in common. I think we'd be in a much better place instead of like sure. allowing these little things. And I know they don't necessarily seem little, right? But these things that are more like the details, if we allow the details to sort of overwhelm us in our perspective on life, I feel like it, it gets in the way of finding all the common ground that we have. And that's, a, and that's a shame. And that, that holds us back. It holds us back in so many yeah. ways, you know? That's a beautiful thing about the weights and stuff, right? That's a foundational sure. mutual sure. love of something that people can come together with. It's yep. like with anything, video games, sports, whatever it is. Hey, we've yep. got a talking point. Let's get to know each other. Yeah, for sure. Let's not blow up the things that we're different with. Let's come together on things we're, we're the same with. Very much um, so. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Yeah. Um, all these things, I think, play into what you embody as the G-code. Right, like with the book, with the, you know, go hard with G code nutrition. What is living by the G code? I mean, Unpack you know, that. it's what, yeah, yeah, you know, living by the G code, it's 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 really living by your own personal code, right? And it, like going back to what we talked about earlier, and like Diary of a Madman and things that you read in it that spoke to you, it was because I was just talking about my life and my perspective and my experiences and sharing them with you. And it doesn't mean that what you were going through was exactly the same as what I was going through, but you you felt similar impulses, you felt similar emotions, you've been through similar things, right? And in that same way, right? um, In that same way, we all sort of bring our own perspective and baggage to the table in our everyday lives and interactions, right? And 
we both we we each have our own expectations in life. We each have our own standards that we live to, right? And the one thing that I try to do for myself every day and that I've tried to do for myself my whole life, which is maybe a little different, is that I've been cognizant of those things and tried to define those things for myself, right? And I feel like we all have goals, we all have dreams, we all have aspirations, and we all have certain philosophies about life, right? Um, so like when we, when I wrote the book, right, it was uh, lessons for living an extraordinary life in the real world, right? That was like the, the, the subtitle right? Lessons for living mm -hmm. an extraordinary life in the real world, right? And, um, you know, when I talk about the G-Code products, uh, you know, and the brand in general, it's uh, real people in the real world doing extraordinary things, right? Like, that's what the product is made, products are made for, right? And the idea being that, like, um, I'm not here to tell you how to live, you already know who you are, or you're already discovering who you are, or you're already asking those questions of yourself, right? You already know what your goals and your dreams and your aspirations are, so the idea be behind our brand is like helping you to be more comfortable and open yourself up to sort of defining who you are, what your goals are, what it is you want out of life, how you want to be seen, how you want to see yourself, and then working towards that, right? So it's like we each, um, like I said, there's nothing dogmatic about uh, the G-Code or our brand or anything like that. It's more just... Um, us encouraging you to be your best self on your terms, right? Excellence on your own terms. Um, that's that's what our brand helps to support and encourage is you finding, uh, you defining your own code for yourself and and seeking excellence on your own terms every day. And we're, we're, we want to play a support role in that process, right? Not only um, telling you that that's okay and good, um, uh, but encouraging you and empowering you along that way and, and supporting you and if, if uh, if it's the written word or if it's a, a, a cool t-shirt or if it's um, some sort of inspirational graphic or if it's uh, an actual you know product, an actual supplement or whatever that helps your process, then then we're doing our job, you know, and I'm and I'm doing my job and I'm, I'm you know, sharing the gift, right? Like we all have things that we're strong in, things that we're better at, mm -hmm. things that we need to improve on, right? And it's like once you define those things and then. Um, you're able to uh, get comfortable with trying to share them with others, um, like you're doing with with this podcast, right? You're 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 taking um, interests, you're taking concepts, uh, you're taking your own skills and abilities, you're taking your own effort, your own time, your own resources to share with the with the rest of the world because you think some of this stuff could be valuable to somebody else, right? And it's like that's what that's what we're trying to do every day: take the things that we think that we do well. Uh, the things that we think we can contribute and trying to give them to others to empower them on their, on their journey. Yeah. Well, you're doing a great job. And one thing, I mean, you do an excellent job with is brand message. I mean, you live it, you breathe it, everything is based around it. What is a big piece of advice or your biggest takeaway from your yeah. journey with G code or really animal or anything you've done to, you know, keep working on the brand message? Like, right. how do I want to ask this question? Um, like, how would you, if there is someone who's wanting to create a brand or a business yeah. company, whatever, what is, what are the best steps to take to create a brand message and embody that? You know, I mean, I think it's, it's, it becomes easier if that brand message and your motivations are rooted in your own passions, 
right? So like, if you really love this thing, if you really love this culture, if you really love this endeavor, right, then there's nothing that you won't do for it. And it will flow naturally from you, right? And and people feel that, right? It feels real, it feels authentic. And then you have to live it every day. It's the other part of it, right? Like, uh, I would say you can't talk it if you don't live it, right? So it's like, um, in terms of that own your own accountability and whatnot, right? Like, if I'm not doing the work necessary every day to pursue my dream, dreams and to chase my dreams and to make them a reality, what right do I have to tell others to, that they need to be doing that themselves, you know? So, like, um, I have to keep it real with myself every day. So, you know, it, let your passions lead you. Make sure it's authentic. And then be consistent is the other thing, too, right? Like, um, a lot of the best branding um, – it's funny to say, right? But a lot of the best branding is boring. And when I say boring means that like you're hammering the same concepts over and over again. Now it should and has to, and like we're in that process too. Like it has to evolve just as we're evolving as human beings, a brand has to evolve and, and to grow, right? Uh, as a, just as a person has to, right? So that it has more impact, reaches more people, changes with the times in a positive way, right? Like Mm -hmm. any living entity needs to do that to survive and, and advance. Right. So, um, I, I think, you know, be consistent, be passionate, um, and live it yourself. You know, you have to live it yourself every day, uh, or, or people feel it. People feel that, that disconnect, you know, and I, I don't want to ever, I don't ever want people to feel, feel, um, like, uh, I don't believe in what I'm saying, what I'm selling, um, you know, I, I want it to always feel real and authentic and organic in that way, you know, so what have been some of the biggest struggles come from you? I love that. What have been some of the biggest struggles with, um, just growing G code? I mean, I, I doubt staying through the brand messages is one because no, yeah, no, no. Yeah, no. You know, I, I would say the, the, the challenges are, you know, a lot of it's, it's logistical and a lot of it's obvious too, right? Like, um, one of the challenges is that it's a huge industry and it's highly competitive and there's only so much shelf space. And when I say shelf space, I don't just mean in stores and brick and mortars. I mean like in people's minds. Yeah. Right. And it's like, how do you clear off some shelf space in their mind for your, your, your brand, your product. Right. Um, so yeah, just general brand awareness, letting people know you're out there. Um, you know, uh, that is a huge hurdle at all times, right? Um, and then, you know, uh, an- another aspect of it is that, like, you know, coming into this endeavor, uh, I had many boxes checked in terms of, like, things that I brought to the table and, like, sharpened swords <laughs> that I had, right, for this battle. Um, but I'm not a sales guy, right? So, like, by default, I kind of had to become that. And I'm still evolving in that way where, like, you know, sales are critical to the brand existing and growing and flourishing uh, and prospering. And uh, I had to turn from like sort of a creative and a marketing guy into focusing on more nuts and bolts stuff and stuff that, um, you know, impacts the bottom line more directly, right? So that's like a, a, an evolution that I'm still in the process of in a place that we need to be stronger. Um, so that's that's another challenge. And another thing, and it's funny, right? Like I, I laugh about it and I say it out loud to people because it makes me laugh is the thought that like, you know, you spend every day 
praying for more sales, right? Praying for more sales, working for more sales, right? Uh, but as you create more sales and sell more stuff, you need to be creating more products in inventory. I, right? And yeah. it seems so obvious, right? But like that is, man, that is one of the big challenges is mm-hmm. like, how do you grow and create more sales while keeping stuff in stock, right? Like, I don't know if you've ever, you know, it's like a constant yeah. struggle, right? Constant struggle, right? Um, and like, I don't know if you've ever read the book. Uh, you should highly recommend Shoe Dog. which is is Phil Knight who started Nike. It's his memoirs. Okay. And it's like the first, like, here's the thing, like the first 18 years of the brand before, like, and don't get me wrong in the seventies, like uh, they had caught on and stuff, whatever, but this, there's a long stretch of at least a decade way before Jordan brand, which is like 85, 86, way before that, right. Way before they became a publicly traded company, way before any of that. Right. Where basically, Phil Knight is start trying to grow Nike, and what it is is like he's has his shoes. His shoes are being made overseas, and there's a boat of shoes that will land on U.S. shores. And by the time that boat lands, he needs to have sold all of the prior, the last <laughs> boat, right, to be able to pay for the next yep. boat, right? The next slightly bigger boat of shoes coming over needs to have been paid for with the last boat's profits, right? Yeah. And it's a Jeez. cycle like that. For like a decade, right? And like when you're ne- once you're neck deep in it, you get it, you totally get it. And like so, like that's that's like this very obvious logistical challenge. But it's like, um, yeah, how do you, how do you just keep stuff in stock as you grow? You know, so yeah. like I, I feel that. Um, but that's a that's a it's a, a crazy part of the process. So yeah, there's like there's nuts and bolts things um, in terms of. Um, growing that you know and growing pains and figuring that out on a daily basis that we need to get better at and then also you know just like the thought of like you know a tree falls in the woods right like you could build the best brain in the world but not if not enough people know it exists then you know yeah. uh is it really that great a brand right and i know that that's a really uh that's not a, sort of a bleak and negative way of looking at it and that's not my type right i'm not trying to be pessimistic or cynical but the truth of the matter is right like that tree falls in the woods if nobody's there does it did it make a noise right same deal right so it's like you build this brand, you believe in them, you believe in it, you believe in the quality of the products, you believe in the messaging. How do I reach more people? And it's that, that constant, that constant effort to reach more people, you know? Hmm. I mean, you and everything you did with the animal, you created influencers in a sense, right? Like you kind of do the posters that I had on my wall in high school and stuff of, you know, Frank, everybody, sure. Evan, like all those guys, like you helped create yeah. influencers with that. Sure. And now that's like, what seems like all the market is at this point, like if you have a brand, you just pay an influencer. Right. Sure. Is that, what is that dynamic like? I mean, you know, like I, I can't speak to that dynamic in a way and maybe, maybe, maybe I need to. Right. But I know I can't speak to that dynamic in a way that's informed because like we've never really had anybody involved with G code. Who's a mercenary. Right. So pretty much anybody gotcha. who's ever been out there, speaking highly of the brand or representing the brand of, uh, from a small, on a small level to, to, a, a, a bigger level. Right. Um, they always, they all came to the brand organically and naturally. So mm-hmm. it was either, uh, a, a friendship that grew over time or somebody who just happened upon the brand 
liked the products, liked how it looked or felt. Yeah. It meant something to them. And then they kind of came aboard in whatever fashion. Right. So, I mean, I, I, I know that there's value to that kind of um, marketing, obviously. And the thought of just like figuring out this person who's an influencer out there, uh, you know, um, taking the resources involved and putting it be into, you know, cutting a check to that person. And then, you know, it's like South Park and the underpants gnomes. I don't know if you've ever seen that, right? But it's like the the, the method of business. There are these little gnomes who come and steal the underwear, right? Myself and Mark always talk about it, right? But like plan A is steal, is steal all the underwear. Plan B, and then it's blank because they haven't figured out, you know, step, step A is collect all the underwear. Step B yeah. is blank because they haven't figured it out yet. And then step C is collect millions of dollars, right? So it's <laughs> yeah. like figuring out B, right? And like... Uh, that's the whole process is figuring out that 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 it's step B uh, in that process and like you know um, I, maybe it is as simple as uh, figuring out who that influencer is and having a lot of cash to throw at them and then they, they talk to their people and all of a sudden your brand is huge like I don't know yeah I don't know you know but I, I know that's a business model I know that's a business model and I can't say it's not effective but it's it's just not where we've ever it's not the place that we've ever operated in. And I, I know a lot of people respect that too, because there's a lot of, and I'm not going to throw shade at anybody, but you know, you hop on Instagram, you look at it, you see someone who's got, you know, 60,000 followers, right? And then they just start posting up this brand you've never heard of six months later, brands moving, whatever. Sure. But that's, I mean, dude, Josh Halliday, for instance, right? Sure. God, that that guy was one of the biggest like inspirations for me in bodybuilding for the longest time. Yeah, when I was gonna gonna go compete at, yeah. at Team Nationals, he's like, dude, you can stay with me. I'm like, yo, Josh Halliday told me I could stay with him. I was gonna compete. Yeah. Oh, dude, I gotta get out there. Fortunately, got hurt, couldn't go. But like, those are the kind of people you want to represent the brand, and I and I know you care about that a lot, and I sure. think that is what's so well respected. Um. You know, man, it's it's just like the idea, ideally, and this isn't all, you know, this isn't foolproof and it's not always the case, but the goal is that, like anything, right, like the people who are associated with your brand, you want them to sort of line up with your values, right? Mm-hmm. And like, the thing about Josh is that he's got this exceptional physique, but he's also just a good dude and he's a family man and yep. his values line up with my values. It's one of the reasons he and I have always been friends, but then it also makes him like an ideal guy to represent the brand. So like the fact that just for example, he would invite you to crash at his place tells you what kind of a person we're talking about. Right. So like somebody like that, you know, uh, is the kind of guy that we want to be associated with G code. And the funny thing about it is that like, you know, don't get me wrong. You might have a, a, a big check that you can cut to somebody. And that influencer might be a guy of the same sort of, you know, character as a, a Josh Holiday, but you don't know that until you get to know them. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, those are those relationships are very, um, you know, sort of uh, clinical and sterile, and and it's a uh, it's you know, like I said, it's mercenary. It's it's mercenary in that way. Where here's this person who can do this thing. I cut them the check. They do this thing. You know, and, and I don't know them as people. They don't know me as a person. They don't know the people who are involved in the brand as a person. They, you know, as people, they don't know what we're all about. They don't, and this is not, and this isn't being cynical, right? But they don't know what we're all about. Maybe they don't give a shit. 
right? Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, just cut the check kind of person, you know, kind of perspective. And I get that. And I'm not even knocking that, you know, um, I know that everybody's got to do what they got to do to, 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 you know, keep the lights on. And I respect that, you know, it's one of those things like we were talking about when you were saying like, what you what you sort of respect in in regards to the marketing and the industry and whatnot and all that and I'm the same way man and I I look at things through a similar lens you know but I when anybody asks me about like some big company some ultra successful company right like before I, I first of all I, I don't talk shit on anybody but even before I it gets to that point I always preface it by saying hey man I tip my cap to anybody who can be successful in this game because it's not easy you know like so I pre I no matter who it is, no matter what it is, like before I say anything, they could even be, you know, even be slightly shaded as negative or critical. I'll say that because it's true. You know, it's true. Yeah. So like I tip my cap to anybody who who's figured, figured it out because it ain't easy, you know? Yeah. So last few things here, and I know you're, yeah. you're a super busy guy. Man, Walk, me through, you are too, man. Walk me through the day in the life of Greg. Just an average regular day? Yeah. Yeah, man. Okay, so you know, I, I get up, uh, you know, relatively early. All, all, it all depends. Um, you know, five thirty. Uh, I, I, st I try to start my day doing cardio. I do fasted cardio every day, and I, it's uh, not even for physique reasons, but I feel like it's good for my mind. Um, it, it, uh, Tara says it's like my, it's uh, my zen, right? But just the <laughs> idea of kind of starting your day and getting the blood flowing, and I, I sip on some vice. And uh, I wake up, I slowly wake up, right? And, and through that process, I often do work on my phone and whatnot. And that's kind of like, that's kind of like the rest of my day, essentially, right? So like, you know, we get we get our girls up, we get them off to school. And then basically for the rest of the day, I'm, I'm doing things related to G-Code plus doing the other stuff I have to do and fitting that in whenever I can. So uh, a lot, of, I, talk, I talk about my phone as being my robot appendage. Right. It's like yep. the ro the robot extension of, of my entity. Right. And they talk about like the future where like we're part virtual and I'm like, uh, we're oh, not virtual. Nah. You know what I mean? It's and I say that, that I'm, all, I'm I, of course, but I, but I think about how much I rely on this thing and I'm yep. like, I'm already there. Right. Like this is an extension of it's my wild. mind and is so related to me doing the business, uh, me doing the business of the G code brand on a daily basis. And then also, my interactions with the rest of the world right so yeah you know we get my girls off to school and then i'm i'm working on my phone largely in a sales capacity a lot of the time and then you know e hammering emails trying to figure out you know trying to answer questions slash ask questions related to the day-to-day -day operations of the brand um you know put out some fires uh i still do a good amount of customer service uh you know in that regard so like oftentimes if something goes sideways uh or we have uh consumer questions a lot of the time i, I will still be fielding those along with along with a, a, a you know core group of, of of our people um and then you know uh and that's basically my whole day you know i say like in terms of my interactions with the brand it's and i try to tell this to people especially like prospective vendors or or people who use our products like i'm um 25 8366 Right. So like, I'm always there, uh, in some capacity and I'm trying to stay on top of things to the best of my ability all the time. And, and it's, it can be, uh, you know, that can be stressful and there can be some anxiety built into that sort of thing. Um, or it can just be, um, overwhelming at times, but it's a blessing. Like, then that's the thing I always, 
I always uh, remind myself of and I remind other people of like when I find myself really busy with the business of G code, busy is a blessing, right? Mm -hmm. Cause the, 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 the flip side of that where you're, there's nothing going on and you got nothing to do. That's not good. Right. So like, I, I try to do my best to avoid that. Um, beyond that, man, you know, I get my, Beyond being, you know, uh, 256 for G code, you know, I get my, my training in, uh, six days a week I lift. Um, so that's an important part of my, my life sometimes seven days a week, but, but mostly six, I'm on a six day bro split that I've been on oh, yeah. my, my whole life, <laughs> my, my whole life, basically, you know, uh, the, the, the 20 plus years that we talked about, um, I've been on that, that sim some kind of similar split to that. So I get my workouts in, I try to make sure that's an important part of my day to make sure I did that. You know, I, um, in terms of, uh, you know, being a dad and whatnot, I, I coach, um, I coach basketball nice. two, se two seasons in a row. I, co I coach my daughter's basketball team. Um, this past season, I, I had two of them on the same team, which was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then for several seasons now, I've been an assistant coach, an uh, offensive coordinator for, uh, for, uh, my daughter's, uh, flag football team. Uh, so I do that too. Um, those are cool outlets, man, in terms of like, a, uh, talk about, one of the things that you realize is like stress management is a big deal and it's cool to have productive things in your life that allow your mind to decompress a little bit. Right. So like, while I, I joke around and I say like, um, like there's always an app in the background, no matter what I'm doing, that's working on G code <laughs> stuff in my mind, right? Like yeah. there's an app back here that you and I have in this whole conversation, but that thing's still running back <laughs> oh, there. Yeah. Right. Like trying to figure shit out or, or, you know, problem solving or whatever the hell, right? Thinking about stuff, worrying about stuff, making a list. That's always back there um, working in the background while we have this conversation. So that's always the case. But like, if there's opportunity, opportunities that you can um, immerse yourself in that uh, help sort of distract you and, and clear your mind and, and can be like positive outlets that help others, you know, like for example, working with kids with sports, like that's a great thing. So like, um, I'm blessed to be able to do that. Um, and you know, man, beyond that, man, you know, it's, it's, it's my, my life is, I would say very similar to, to everybody else's, right. It's just, um, trying to, uh, do ever, everything I can to do better every day in terms of, uh, my job and my career and trying to be a better dad every day and trying to uh, keep food on the table and, um, you know, getting my workouts in and, um, you know, figuring out you know, what's next and, 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 uh, how to continue to push myself, continue to evolve, you know, as a man, um, and as a businessman and as a dad and all that. So, you know, my challenges are the same as everybody else's. Um, and my, my days, a lot of my days aren't exciting and are certainly not glamorous, but I, I'm very blessed to have them man. very blessed to have them and, and very thankful, uh, for the opportunity to chase this dream every day. You know, it's, uh, it's, uh, not something I take for granted, you know? Yeah. I said, you know, I, I said like, you know, it's a phrase that I come back to in terms of mantras. Right. But like in terms of like gratitude, right. Like all the things we take for granted are the only things that matter. Right. So mm. like, uh, wow. every day that you get out of bed and you're healthy, you know, and, uh, you know, and the little things like, uh, it's not little at all, man. Right. But the, every day that you get out of bed and you're healthy, um, and, uh, your family's safe and they're healthy and you got a roof over your head and you got food on your plate um, and you have the ability to make yourself better, like 
that's like that is it puts you in a very elite percentile you know I, i had this conversation with buddies on a different podcast but like just those things alone like checking those boxes put you in a very elite percentile of the whole world right yeah and it's like you know you're healthy you're safe you're you got food on the table today you got a roof over your head tonight you know like um and and you have the opportunity to improve your life um by by working hard and you know taking your your talents and your ambitions and and you know putting some some juice and energy behind them like uh that's a tremendous blessing so i i'm I'm very very thankful for every day you know that's awesome all right i told you i'd have some uh rapid fire questions oh i like it all right cool i'm excited i'm excited top three books that you recommend someone to read other than shoe dog all right yeah well shoe dog is the most recent one man um let me see top three books um all right well i i was um I like Anthony Bourdain's books. Um, Anthony Bourdain is a pretty awesome uh, dude in terms of uh, sort of like a man of the world and uh, uh, a chef and like being into multiple cultures and being a guy who's kind of built himself up um, and uh, a complicated figure, uh, but an incredibly cool one, somebody I find inspirational. So I was reading Kitchen Confidential recently, which is once again, it's not about the things that directly impact my life, but I find a lot of value in, in sort of his yeah. world perspective, um, just culturally and, and, and as it pertains to like somebody's journey to become like what he became, um, man, I'm trying to think, uh, like classical literature, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird is, is maybe my favorite book from classical literature. Um, I'm trying to think. What's been your uh, most inspiring oh, book? most inspired i think shoe dog is probably my most inspiring book really you know it's fun it's what's funny is that i i okay uh malcolm gladwell has a series of books he's an awesome author because i'm trying to think more along those lines i don't it's funny right because you think about what i write and i don't read a lot of that kind of stuff i don't read much Hmm. like inspirational motivational like and this is the wrong word but just take it anyway like self-help stuff yeah that genre i don't read a lot of that i tend to write some of that, but I don't really read a lot of that. Right. Um, and don't get me wrong. Like I draw inspiration from so many places, but I don't read a lot of that kind of stuff. So, um, but I'm trying to think of, so Malcolm Gladwell's books, right. There's a book called the tipping point and there's a book called David and Goliath. Right. And those are amazing books. They're amazing Hmm. books because they're a combination of inspirational, philosophical, spiritual but then they're also like analytical and scientific in their own way and just like these very interesting and unique perspectives um like david versus goliath is about perceived disadvantage and flipping those perceived disadvantages on their head to becoming advantages that actually make you stand apart from everyone else Interesting. Right. And, and so much of that stuff is rooted in your own perspective on it. Right. Like, oh, here's this thing about me that isn't great or that needs work or that sucks. Or here's this circumstance in my life that's holding me back in whatever way, shape or form. And there's many and they're all, they're all valid, especially for the individual. But maybe a lot of that is how you process it and and, you know, and your own perspective on it. And I think um, 
yeah, Malcolm Gladwell's book. So The Tipping Point and David and Goliath are two of the ones that jumped to, jumped to my mind that are, are two of the best. Um, and then another book is funny, and it brings me back to like you talking about Facebook comments and stuff. But um, a pretty cool book is a book called A People's History of the United States. Hmm. Um, and the cool thing about the book is that it's a, a historical document, but instead of being written from the perspective of the people who won the wars, it's written from the perspective of the the oppressed cultures in the process. Hmm. So like you can imagine writing about the pilgrims, but from the perspective of the Native Americans. Yeah. And how history seems different. Through that lens, history seems different. Right? Hmm. Or you think about like the 17 and 1800s, but instead of and and you know the Revolutionary War and the everything leading up to the Industrial Revolution, but it's written from like the perspective of like the the American slave, right? And you think hmm. about like so much of history is written by the dudes that are on the war, won the war, right? Yeah. And it's like what, but what what happens to the other? Like, what's the perspective of the other people in that process? So that was like an illuminating book, just because you know, wow, um, yeah. You know, and like I said, like, you know, um, I've always been in pursuit of knowledge. And I think like those unique perspectives that might be a little different than how we read the books in high school and college and elementary school. I think that's yeah. kind of cool. So that's that's another one randomly. So there's a little history in there. There's a little inspirational, motivational stuff in there. And then, I, like I said, I think like the stuff uh, I think Shoe Dog um, in terms of uh, entrepreneurship, it's the coolest, uh, most unique story that impacted me the most uh hmm. with regard to entrepreneurship that's awesome was those formative years of nike and what went into it and how crazy it is and how anybody who aspires to do anything um and build something like sort of from the ground up and all the challenges that are built into it like you read it and you can relate to so much of it and it's just crazy you know yeah yeah all right what does black hoodie season mean Okay, so Black Hoodie season, um, which we started with Go Hard and, and it now lives on through G Code. Um, it's uh, all right. So we we made a, a hooded sweatshirt. We decided one time that we were going to make a hooded sweatshirt, and it was going to be a black hooded sweatshirt that said the words Black Hoodie season on it. Um, and uh, it seems just like clever words on a sweatshirt, right? Like, oh, here's this black hoodie. It says Black Hoodie season on it. But it was sort of the idea that like. Um, and I think it goes back maybe to sports too, right? But maybe it's like seasonal affect disorder, right? But I feel like like every fall to winter, um, folks maybe like take take a step back. Maybe it's part of the ho- maybe it's the holidays. Maybe like I said, it's seasonal affect disorder. And people are depressed because it gets dark early. It's cold out, right? And we all seek like creature comforts when it's cold when it's dark right um and uh and i think that's just human nature right and um black hoodie season was the thought that like for a special motivated group among us when everyone else sort of runs and hides right we sort of embrace that natural hardship and like sort of double down on our ambitions right so um, the idea is like, here's this garment that you're wearing out in the world, uh, because it's cold out, um, and it's got a hood so you can pull it up and the hood's almost like blinders. Right. Um, but then also it's like, a it's a, it's a manifestation of a, of a worldview and the thought that like, okay, um, 
things are challenging and difficult in this moment and in this sort of in a situation where others might uh, turn away from those challenges and from that difficulty, I'm going to embrace them and go into it, um, you That's know, awesome. at first and and sort of uh, allow it to be uh, a part of the philosophy that that um, makes me stand apart. And it's like you know, it's like in the gym, right? Like the idea of uh, when you lift hard, you push yourself, it hurts. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's why would you do why would any sane person do that? Right. Um, but you realize that like, OK, so some of that pain and that challenge, um, there's growth to come from it. Right. So and once you realize that now, now you're not scared of it anymore and you embrace it. Uh, so it's a little bit of, of that as well. Right. Like when 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 it's dark and it's cold um, and your impulse is to um go walk away from the move away from the challenge run away from the challenge instead you know embrace it and and, and push forward into it cool now, i know you're a big pizza pie guy i am where's your favorite pizza from my favorite pizza man it's funny right like uh you, you grow up on the east coast i i i live in jersey now uh, most of my life i lived in jersey um to me new jersey pizza is not the best uh there's people who would argue and say it's great I don't think it's great. I think the concept of like boardwalk pizza, there's pizza uh, at the shore in various places that can be really good. Um, but I grew up in Northeast Pennsylvania. Um, and if, if you Google it, if you read about it a little bit, um, there's a there's a section of uh, the Scranton area, the greater Scranton area called Old Forge, um, Pennsylvania. And there are multiple pizza places in that general region uh, that in my opinion is the best pizza in the world. And it's just, uh, it could be in the water you know, they say that like matters with bread and bagels yeah. and stuff. So maybe part of it is in the water, uh, the mineral com composition of the tap water. Um, but then uh, sort of the blend of cheeses they use and the way they make the, the sauce. And then the way they cut the pizza, like it, one of the main go-to pizzas in that part of the world is a Sicilian, which mm. is rectangular. Yeah. And it's, um, and it's cut, uh, you know, into slices um, that are rectangular also. Um, and the funny thing about it is that like, uh, it, it, everywhere else in the world, it's a pie and slices, but there it's a tray of pizza and they're <laughs> called cuts. So it's a tray of pizza <laughs> and, and, and it's got like 12 cuts of, of pizza. Um, so yeah, so that in my opinion is the best pizza in the world. I know people from Brooklyn, New York would say Brooklyn, uh, there's places in Connecticut that are hmm. re world renowned in terms of being great pizza. And I, I don't doubt for a second that the Brooklyn pizza and the Connecticut pizza that I've had are amazing and incredible. Um, but, but I still say Scranton's the best pizza in the world. And, awesome. and if for whatever reason you find yourself on the road in Northeast Pennsylvania, remember <laughs> that and, and, uh, and, and shout out to me and I'll let you know we'll where to go. Oh yeah. yeah. All right. Last one. We're going to yeah. time travel back 1986. Okay. You got your first okay. pair of Jordans and your first rap tape. What yes. were they? So my first pair of Jordans was the, was the actual Jordan ones, right? Uh, they were the red, white, and black Jordan ones, nice. right? And I was at this strip mall in Scranton, and it was like a couple weeks out from Christmas, and I talked my mom into buying them, and they were on, like, clearance. <laughs> it was like a, a, a shoe store, not just a sneaker store. It was like a general shoe store, and they had the Jordans, and they were on clearance, and I want to say, bro, they were like – 50 bucks or less than 50 bucks, 35 bucks. <laughs> That's a steal. Right. And, and at the time they, you know, you and I might know how special they were, but rest of the world, they were just another sneaker and 
this yeah. shoe store wasn't selling them fast enough. So here they are on clearance. So I talked my mom into getting me the, the red, white, and black Jordan ones for like 35 bucks. And I had them, you know, Christmas 86. That's what I, I believe it was Christmas 86, Christmas 86. That's what I was rocking. And I've, I've picture evidence to prove it. And then my first rap tape ever was run DMC king of rock. Um, and the funny thing is that, you know, I was a little kid, you know, and it's like, I, I joke around and I say like, you know, that's 1986. And I, once again, my mom, the role my mom played, she bought the Jordans. She bought the weights <laughs> at the mall, right? Yeah. She bought the, the, the hip hop. She bought the first rap tape. Like that was all my mom. And like, you know, like my, you look at my mom and you meet my mom and she, she's just the sweetest and she's very smart and sort of like refined. And you would never think like that's the lady who bought you your Jordans, <laughs> bought you your, your, your weight set, bought that's you cool. the first hip hop tape. But she's always supported me and believed in me and sort of like helped guide me without ever trying to make me be somebody I wasn't. Right. So yeah. like she would uh, always encourage my interests. Um, so yeah, that first that first hip hop tape was Run DMC King of Rock, and then she also got me Run DMC Raising Hell. And I joke around. And I say like, all right, that's eighty six which is 36 years ago, as ridiculous as that seems. And um, I've listened to hip hop every single day since then. I swear what to God. What an impact. That's insane. Yeah, like that one tape in 1986 and every single day of my life in those 36 years, I've been, I've listened to hip hop, you know? And it's, so it's like, it's the soundtrack to my life and it's been in the background of everything that I've, done or you know uh, every experience that i've been through for those 36 years and it started with that tape just like those weights in my bedroom you know just like just like that first pair of jordans on clearance at a strip mall in scranton you know it's like it's wild you need a g-code uh playlist on spotify well you know man you know you're right we need that on spotify but on itunes and soundcloud there are oh. multiple mixtapes Okay, actually, there was one on yes. the Go Hard website, I think. And I think yes, there like, was. ASAP Rocky and some stuff in there. Yes. I remember I yes. would sit there writing like essays in college. Like, if, if GD's listening right. to this, I'm going to listen to this. <laughs> All right. So, what you got to do is you got to go to the, um, the G Code Nutrition either on iTunes or SoundCloud. Okay. And there's, bro, there's hours of music there already curated. All right. I'm going to check for, it out. I for your enjoyment. And I mean, I want to say maybe like a minimum of maybe like eight mixtapes. So, Sweet. Probably yeah. like at least 10 hours of listening. So, uh, and stuff from sort of like a broad, uh, spectrum of, um, of time. And, and we, we had, uh, a few of them I made myself personally. Right. And then, uh, Skull made several and dirt, uh, definitely made one. And then our other buddy of ours was like, uh, who's helped with the brand in a bunch of ways. And this was like a cool contribution he did, but he's like very much, a, a just a music aficionado and a hip hop head. And he made multiple tapes. So there's, I mean, there might be 12 mixtapes on there. So if you right need on. a playlist, man, like you got probably a day's worth of listening, at least man, several car rides worth of listening. So please go check Wait. that out. We'll do. Please I just got an out. iPhone for the first time and it's been quite the struggle, but uh, I'll right. check that out. Awesome, um, man. Oh, well, you congratulations you so on that iPhone. Congratulations yeah. on the iPhone. I mean, so where I, you can know, people connect with you? I was just going to say those, those smartphones and that technology, it's got a lot of drawbacks and it, there's a lot of ways that we, yeah. uh, it does us a disservice, but it also uh, opens up the world to us in a way that, I mean, 
we even you right here. only being born in 94 even you just being born in 94 that still never seemed possible so it's like pretty crazy you know so it's yeah. like can, can we use it for good and not evil you know that's that's yeah. all <laughs> i mean look at us right now this conversation because of it right amazing it's amazing you know I, it's just they're they're incredible things in our daily lives i talk about like streaming stuff and on demand streaming music and and streaming you know tv shows and films and stuff and the thought that if you had told me 30 years ago or 20 years ago, right? Like if you told us 20 years ago that anything you want to watch at any time, you can watch right now. That's insane. Or any song you want to hear, you could hear right now. And you don't have to have a hard copy of it or anything. And you don't, there's nothing involved. Like you can have that thing immediately. Like that is crazy. Like, yeah. and talk about like taking stuff for granted. Like you take those like technological advances of the past couple of decades for granted. Like it just seemed like for my kids, that just seems normal to them. I'm like, this is so abnormal. This is so, so absurd, <laughs> you know, that yeah. this technology exists and, and it's like, it's just part of our everyday life now. It's insane. But how can people you're asking me? No. Yeah. I, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Yeah. Uh, no, this no. thing kind of lags. It's man. I can go, I can go, I can go forever. I could talk all day. Oh. So you got to cut me off at a certain point. Oh, well, I just know you're a busy guy. You got a lot going on. Um, of course. Definitely have to have you on again. But how can people connect with you and support you and G-Code? Oh, man. Well, you know, um, we're uh, at G-Code Nutrition on Instagram. I'm at The Real G Diesel on Instagram. Uh, my name is Greg Sanicero. You can find me on Facebook. If you so desire to be my friend on Facebook, you can meet me there. Um, at gcodenutrition.com, you can buy all of our products directly. Um, that's uh, still the source uh, for all of our stuff. And if you go to a gym or if you go to a supplement store in your general neck of the woods um, and uh, it's the kind of place where uh, you frequent and you feel is worthwhile, uh, you should ask for our brand there because there's not, still to this day, man, we talk about all these technological advances. There's still nothing more powerful than word of mouth, right? So if there's something that you love and believe in, spread the word. So uh, anybody who, who likes our message or likes our brand or has had the opportunity to enjoy our products, you know, asks for them wherever you, you buy your supplements, wherever you, uh, you pursue, wherever you pursue your dreams, ask for our stuff, man. And, and we would love to, to be a part of, of, of your little neck of the woods as well. You know, for sure. Well, thank you so much, G. It, it's been a pleasure, man. I appreciate honor, your time. Bro. Thank you for including me in this, in this journey of yours.